de Gainsbourg, one of the few French aristocrats to work tirelessly and at huge risk for the Allied cause. Finally, I asked a resistance historian if there was something wrong with de Gainsbourg or with his wartime record. He spat out, Il est juif! He's a Jew. To me, as a rather naive young Englishman, it was shocking to be confronted by such shameless hostility to Jews, which was characteristic of that whole French generation. In the course of my research, I learned a lot about resistance and the work of the Office of Strategic Services and SOE in supporting it. My studies sowed the seeds of a scepticism which has grown in the intervening decades about the value of guerrilla warfare against such merciless foes as the Nazis. I am today convinced that the military value of resistance was eclipsed by the dreadful retribution Hitler extracted of the order of a hundred French lives for every German killed throughout the occupation. The legend of resistance played an important moral role in enabling France to resurrect its national self-respect after 1945, but the price was high indeed. In the immediate post-war era, the French people and British admirers of Special Operations Executive constructed a legend about the achievements of resistance fighters in combating the Das Reich Division in June 1944, which I fear was grossly exaggerated. Although it is almost impossible to produce a definitive account of episodes for which documentary evidence is almost non-existent, and much of the oral testimony on both sides, was willfully deceitful, I would like to think that my account remains as close as anybody is ever likely to get uh, to placing the story in historical perspective. I shall never regret all those weeks of travel in Germany and southern France interviewing participants. Even if some lied through their teeth, I was able to bottle for posterity the stories of some very remarkable people real heroes and real monsters alike. The Das Reich Division's march across France in June 1944 will continue to be seen as an epic of the period, both for the fine deeds done by some actors and the dreadful crimes committed by others. Anyone who reads this book should gain a clearer understanding of the labyrinthine complexity of the life of France at war, and of the often clumsy British and American attempts to harness resistance to the greater Allied cause. Here also is an insight, perhaps as shocking to a modern reader as it was to me three decades ago, into the depth of depravity to which Hitler's creatures descended during their struggle to preserve the hegemony of the Third Reich. Max Hastings, 2014 Prologue London and France, 5th and 6th of June, 1944 At 9.15pm on the 5th of June, 1944, as the first ships of the Allied invasion fleet came within sight of the Normandy shore, the French service of the BBC began to broadcast its customary message personnel. Through more than three years of tragedy, pessimism, defeat and occupation, through the long struggle to create an armed opposition movement within France, the message personnel had been among the most vital emotion-charged weapons of resistance. 
in flats and farmhouses, in the cities and countryside of France, little knots of men and women clustered to listen, at risk of their lives, amidst the static and crackle of distance and German jamming to the voice of London. Charles est très malade. Marcel aime Marceline. Il n'y a pas de banane. La guerre de Troyes n'a pas lieu. Yvette a dit droit. Some of these phrases were as meaningless as they seemed. But many others each night gave resistance from Brittany to the Pyrenees, from the Vercour to the Ardennes, their private, prearranged signal to expect a rendezvous with a Lysander on a field outside Paris, a parachute arms drop on a hillside in the Corrèze, or a new wireless operator's arrival in the Gers. On the 1st of May, 1944...